withholding vulnerability in your relationships because you think it's giving you the upper hand. But in fact, what it's doing, it's robbing you off of the opportunity to create true intimacy. Hello and welcome to the Inspired Podcast, the podcast series where we create educational and impactful content, where we take a deep dive into the work and contributions of the world's best thinkers. My aim is to build an online community of young African brothers and sisters who wants to shake things up. This podcast is all about inspiring you to become the best version of yourself, providing you with the tools and knowledge on how to get there. Over here, we believe in the power of community, living life filled with purpose and being led by curiosity. So please, please feel free to get involved in the conversation by following me on my socials and in my show notes. My name is Anita Chaha and this is Inspired. Enjoy. Hello friends, welcome back to another weekly episode of the Inspired Podcast. I hope you guys have had an amazing start to your week. To my new listeners, to my old listeners, gather around and I said, take a, grab a drink, grab a snack and enjoy the ride. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today I want to talk about something that I haven't seen a lot of content around. Um, I want to talk about self-sabotage. I want to get into to why we tend to unconsciously or unknowingly undermine our own goals and our dreams through forms of self-sabotage. Because that's what it is, right? If you think about it, self-sabotaging yourself is you undermining your goals and you undermining your dreams. And I know, I know it feels great to blame someone else, right? It feels good not to take accountability for your actions because then you're not the monster, right? You're not the bad guy in the equation. But sometimes our biggest enemy is not someone else. Sometimes our biggest enemy truly is our own self. So let's chat about it. Let's get into it. I am really excited to talk about this topic today because I feel like in our 20s, we're still trying to figure ourselves out, right? We're still trying to figure out our identity, our values, our principles, right? Our 20s is the time where we are getting to know ourselves a bit more, right? We are figuring out our sense of identity. We are defining and identifying our goals, our dreams. So it's very hard to identify when we've become our own enemy through the things that we do, especially when some of these habits are widely accepted in society. But let us dial back and define what is self-sabotage. And I, I came across a lovely description while I was doing research for this for this podcast episode, it defines self-sabotaging behaviors as resulting from a misguided attempt to rescue ourselves from our own negative feelings. I will repeat that again because it's so, so good. So self-sabotaging behaviors results from a misguided attempt to rescue ourselves from our own negative feelings. So you can see it as a form of behavioral dysregulation that can be conscious or subconscious. But I'd like to argue that 99% of the time, we are completely unaware that we are standing in our own way and that we are hindering our own progress, that we are our own saboteurs. We are completely unaware. And I feel like in order for us to understand self-sabotage, we need to dive into the inner workings of our brain. I know I say this every week, we need to, we need to understand our inner workings of our brain, but I just 
feel as though there are so many concepts that you will only truly understand where it stems from if you understand human behavior and how we are wired. And self-sabotage is no different. So if you look at it at its core, self-sabotage is a pattern of thoughts and actions that you frequently engage in without you even tapping into it, without you even realizing it, that prevents you from reaching your goal, right? And I've noticed that it stems from the negative beliefs that we hold about ourselves and the emotions attached to how we feel about ourselves. So for example, for example, if you have a fear of failure, you might be a big procrastinator. And if you think about it, it's kind of counterintuitive to procrastinate if you hold this fear because it will only give you more anxiety. It will only leave you more stressed with an even lower self-esteem as opposed to challenging yourself to operating outside of your norm. And I guess that's also that's also easier said than done because remember that our brains, <clears throat> our brains love love sticking to what it's used to. It loves familiarity. So what's familiar to us is what our psyche considers to be safe. So naturally, your brain is going to fight you every step of the way with whatever change that you're trying to implement in your life, whether positive, whether negative, whether you are trying to close a negative loop, whether you are trying to eat healthier, your brain will fight you because it's, it's not used to you doing that yet, right? It's used to the opposite. So, so when I think of self-sabotage and the ways in which we do that, I can think of a million things. I, I can think of a million ways we self-sabotage. The obvious is that we procrastinate, we overanalyze and overcomplicate situations by overthinking, stay in your comfort zone, what else? Overindulging in drugs or alcohol, negative self-talk, what else? Overthinking avoidance is a big one and being a perfectionist is another one that I truly suffer from and the list is literally endless so you might be asking yourself now I need to how can I know when I'm self-sabotaging now this is a very tricky question because self-sabotaging behaviors can be subtle and the consequences of those self-sabotaging behaviors isn't may not be something that you can immediately identify at the present moment. So the consequences of your self-sabotaging behaviors are not consequences that you're going to see immediately. It is only, let's say, you noticing five years from now that my tendency to avoid conflict or to just engage in avoidance behavior is self-sabotage when it has costed you relationships when it has costed you your friendships and things of that nature that's why I say that they are not something that you can immediately identify but but I will I will mention two theories one is a theory that I had already mentioned and that is deeply held negative beliefs about ourselves how we feel about ourselves our low confidence our low self-esteem etc etc the second theory that i really am fascinated about is self-sabotaging as an illusion of control it can develop from your need to control the situation right so you know what you're doing might not be great for your holistic wealth you know that it's 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 bad for your mental health you know that it's bad for your physical health and your interpersonal relationships but at least it gives you that sense of control by the decisions that you make right so for example Back to our procrastination example. You know you shouldn't be doing your work last minute. AKA, you know that you shouldn't be engaging in avoidance. But leaving that task up until the day before submission, up until the very last minute, 
will give you that control of that outcome because at least you chose to write it at that time. Does it make sense? I hope it makes sense. I, I really hope I'm making sense. Another quick example is, for example, <laughs> this is a big one, actually. This is a big one. Uh, I've seen a lot of people engage in this, but I don't really think that people are tuned in and realize that it's a form of self-sabotage. Withholding vulnerability in your relationships. Withholding vulnerability in your relationships because you think it's giving you the upper hand. But in fact, what it's doing, it's robbing you off of the opportunity to create true intimacy, which is what all which which, which is what we all want, right? True intimacy. So back to self-sabotage as an illusion of control. Now we can engage in self-sabotage in different beha- in different ways depending on the environment, right? So you can self-sabotage at work, you can self-sabotage in your relationships and so forth. So what self-sabotage at work may look like, what I like to call career suicide, includes things like being disorganized, being indecisive within the workplace, right? Perfectionism, you know, um, procrastination, things like imposter syndrome, um, being unable to take critical feedback and you know, just not remembering that it's it's okay to fail even at your job. And on the other hand, relationships-wise, you know, ignoring negative emotions that come up in your relationship, criticizing your partner a lot, holding on to grudges within your relationships, directing energy at things other than your your relationship or deflecting, you know, aka engaging in avoidance, right? Or focusing on your partner's flaws. All of these things manifest in different ways, but ultimately are a form of sabotage. So I would actually like to nudge you, to nudge you a bit with this episode and sort of create a distance between you and yourself and observe yourself without any emotion attached, right? And identify if you may be engaging in these activities or not. You don't have to have an emotion attached to that observation, but just observe, just for the sake of this episode, right? So ultimately, how do you overcome self-sabotage? I think the first piece of advice that I'd give to someone trying to overcome self-sabotage is firstly identifying the behaviors. So I know it, it hurts, right? It hurts to look at yourself in the mirror. It hurts to realize that I'm actually self-sabotaging. It hurts to realize that oh, it is August. We are going out to September. Spring is has sprung. Um, I am nowhere near my goals and it's all on me. It's all on me. It's all of my inability to spring forth into action. It's really just me and my action. It hurts, right? And it's only until we are forced to face that that we do. Otherwise, we just tend to avoid it as much as we can. But I think it can be helpful to look at the areas of your life where things are consistently going wrong, if you get what I mean. You know, if you feel comfortable to look at the patterns, you know, everybody's working at their own pace, their own race. So if you feel comfortable enough to look at the patterns of your behaviors in your life, do so, especially at the parts of your life where things are going wrong. Right. So identifying any recurring behaviors. And I think that it's only natural after you have identified your self crippling behaviors that you now 
start to sift through even further and find out what triggers you. So that's step that advice number two, finding out what triggers you, getting to know what sets you off, right? So for people, it's different things for different people. It For you, it might be boredom. It might be an underlying fear you have. It might be self-doubt. So it'll be very helpful if you'd keep, if you'd be able to keep a journal, I'd suggest keeping a journal where you can jot down anything that, that arises and comes up. And Betunana, we are busy. We're not always going to remember, you know, things that you've identified for yourself. So putting them down on pen and paper might be very, very helpful. And lastly, I'd say make small changes. I feel like with any change you want to implement in your life, it's not going to miraculously happen on its own. You need to be an active participant and make deliberate choices followed by deliberate actions, right? This actually reminds me of an episode that I did in season one titled Change is a Choice and Not a Reaction. So please go and check it out because in that episode, I talk about how you can transform your life. But that's all I have for you guys today. I hope this has been worth your time. If you have reached the end of this episode, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your support. And if you have the time, please leave a review. Please leave a comment. Tell me what you feel about the podcast. And I always say at the end of my podcast that this is not a me thing. This is an us thing. So please feel free to contact me on my socials. Let me know what I should talk about next. I'm always asking my family, my friends, my, you know, my, my colleagues, my acquaintances what I should talk about next because sometimes I just (laughs) I run out of things to talk about so please let me know what you want me to touch on next and I'll see you next week